0: I am a little bit of a pessimist, and... You are, you know, well, that's, we know that. But that's my job. You're supposed to bring the positivity here. Munks are not one of the best teams in the world at the moment.
1: The Red 78 with Alan Quillen and Nia Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with Exfoliating Bar.
0: It's 8.54 this morning. OTB AM brought to you live by... Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Matt Williams, good morning to you. How are you?
1: Good morning, you, Very good, mate.
0: Um, look, the, the URC is a, a, a difficult thing to analyse sometimes. It, it has reached the point that it's reached through a torturous path. We remember it as the Celtic League and the Magnus League, and it had a, a kind of quaint local nature to it. Now it's this uh, global corporation trying to be forward-thinking and, and catapulting rugby into the future, and yet we have a seventy-point whooping in the quarterfinals finals uh, before the lowest crowd, or one of the lowest crowds that Leinster have had all season. It's not really how the competition wants to be thought of, it, is it?
1: Yeah, it's a difficult one, Joe, because uh, look, Irish people just value the Heineken Cup so highly. Uh, and to be fair to the Leinster supporters, I was at the pitch side in Marseille a week before because a lot of people spent a lot of money to, uh, to get to uh, Marseille and they might have had the money for the next week. Um, so that's one side of the crowd which I can fully understand and the disappointment and the negativity that surrounded uh, the Leinster defeat, which I thought was totally out of proportion, I've got to say. Leinster was 74 seconds away from lifting the Heineken Cup again and they got pilloried, which I thought was, one, highly inaccurate and, two, totally um, unbalanced. And the third part I have to put in with that is, is it gets no publicity compared to the Heineken Cup, does it? And, you know, it's a real problem for Ireland. If, if, if Ireland doesn't value its domestic league, and it doesn't, then what's, we're really in trouble. I've been saying this for a number of years now, and I think the problem sits with the Irish rugby supporters. Now, do the French value the top 14? Absolutely. Do they value the, the English value their premiership? They do. And the argument that the, uh, that the URC is weak doesn't stand up because there were four, the four Irish provinces made the top 16 of uh, the Heineken Cup. Four English clubs made it as well. So you know, not all the English clubs make it, not all the French clubs make it. They're weak, very poor, and weak clubs in every competition. The fact that the Irish clubs are dominant in this period, and believe me, sport that will change in the future, um, is is having a biased impact or biasing the way we view the competition in Ireland. Um, I don't agree with all the things, all the changes that uh, the, the uh, organisers or the, the uh, administrators of the URC have done. But I also think that the way Ireland views its domestic competition is very problematic for Irish rugby. Uh,
0: How do we change that? Or or is it, I don't know, because it looked like there was a great atmosphere at Ravenhill for the game between Munster and Ulster. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that everybody knew what the result was going to be. Uncertainty of outcome in the game with Leinster just wasn't there.
1: Look, the are the, the, the best team in Europe. Now, I know they lost to La Rochelle. Like That's a fact. We were there. I saw it firsthand. It was incredibly uh, uh, hard to conceive how poorly La Rochelle played up to the 64th minute mark. They were very, very poor. And, again, that hasn't been reported really accurately. And then somehow they they found this way to win, which was extraordinary for Rowan and the team. They deserve full credit, nothing away from La Rochelle. But – Leinster are just head and shoulders above every team they've played except La Rochelle, and they should win this tournament running away because they're that good. Now, they smashed Glasgow. That, you know, everyone's going to say, well, oh, Glasgow poor. Glasgow were made to look poor. Now, here's the other part of this. i been talking amongst the old Leinster players that, that I'd coached. A few of us were texting each other and talking on the phone We're really worried that how could this Leinster team gather itself after such a devastating loss in Marseille, and it was devastating. It's the type of loss that will hang around a club for a decade. It was unbelievable that they got themselves into that circumstance. In in hindsight, it will be regarded as one of, if not the greatest wins or, or, or surprise wins against the odds in a final in the history of the Heineken Cup. Now, when you win, you are incredibly high. When you lose, you go very low. Both have an emotional recovery, and we question, how do the players and staff recover in seven days? I actually thought Leinster were vulnerable that day, and so did a lot of other people close to the club. Now, the fact that they came out and were just so clinical, so physical, so angry, so unbelievably accurate, and they didn't take their foot off the throat at one second. Like that game was over at halftime. They could have cruised in the second half. Mate, they were angry. And that tells you a lot about the character of that club. And Leo and the players, not, not any of us that used to be there, but the current group, they deserve huge praise. And we all need to look and see what sort of character of the human beings are involved at the club that could do that. And I, I, if I was in the Glasgow dressing room that day, I, I thought they were very, very poor and I thought the fence fell apart. But they were dismantled. Like I've very rarely seen a professional team dismantled. And, the, and instead of criticising Glasgow, although they deserve criticism and they have got it, um, we should be looking at Leicester and going, wow, we've got a club that is extraordinary at the moment. And that's not going to last. You know, again, look at Munster 10 years ago. Look at look, – it, it's, it's sickly. And it's not going to last for everyone, but we've got to appreciate them while we've got them. Now, it's a shame they didn't win Europe, but that doesn't make them failures. Uh, And they should go on to win this competition pretty, pretty easily.
0: It was very impressive to to see them come back and bounce back like that. But I also think 76-14, do you take a lot from that? What do you... Like in their semi-final against Toulouse, they had reached such a high. And I often wonder, to back that up constantly... Going into the next game, do you take anything from a seventy six fourteen win?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're in a knockout comp. Do Lara care that they won with with uh, uh, seventy four seconds to go? I couldn't give a hoot. It's it's you got you've got to get through one stage to get to the next. Lara Schell Ra- Ronan Ogara is just he's just on this incredible role. If, if I explain this to, if we come back to the Leinster point. Sh- Larischel should have lost against Racing. Teddy Thomas had the ball. All he had to do was pass to to uh, uh, Imhoff, who was unmarked five minutes from the Racing try line, and Larischel are gone. And, he, and he, he inexplicably didn't pass. You know, like that, that's how close he is. Then Larischel are gone. You've got to win each one. The fact they won by 70 points, what do you take about it? We've got a semi now. We've got the balls coming up from. From uh, South Africa, and we've got to deal with them. And then, if we deal with them, we'll get up We should get a home final, but, you know. Uh, and I would think that will be against the Stormers, even though I, I really want Ulster to win. they, they got to. Again, the 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 problem bringing the South Africans in. You got to go down there and come back. I've done that in Super Rugby, and it's unbelievably hard to travel. To, to travel and perform and then travel back and perform, it's, it's such a massive task. And, and very few clubs in the history of super rugby could do that. Only the great Auckland team and the great Canterbury teams were teams that did it regularly. Very few other clubs could do it. So, so what do you take out of it? They're alive in the competition. There's a semi, there's a trophy, and they're, gonna, they, they're on track to win it for the sixth time. And they don't want to lose that. And here again, I think in your, in your question actually, and not being disrespectful in any way, there is not valuing Leinster, and there is not valuing the competition. They've smashed a club, smashed a club in the quarter final, and instead of looking at the weakness of the club, we should be uh, of the competition. We should be looking at the greatness of the club, and Leinster just for whatever reason doesn't seem to be getting that. Um, and, and look, I, I, I don't know, and it's not for me to change. I can only tell you what I see from my point of view and and what I feel we should be saying. Now, let, let, me, let me switch that on its head. If Ireland were winning Six Nations and Ireland were coming out and just losing the World Cup, we would still be pretty happy. Yet when Leinster just lose these games at the top end of Europe, we're highly critical and we keep saying, oh, the club's finished, they can never do it." they want. Look, it's, that's just not sport. It's just not real. It, 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 there are so many variables in sport, especially in rugby. The variables are just massive because of the referees and so on. I thought referee Barnes had a really poor game in that particular game. But it shouldn't take away from, a hey, Lara shall have done a great job and son has run But Leinster are not failures and they're not going away. And they proved that last Saturday. And and they can talk about it, like I'm talking about it, but it's their actions that count. And, wow, I thought their actions were just sensational. Why
0: do you think they did lose? What what, what prevented them? So We did all the pre-match... Um, analysis and, and we talked to the the stats guys and, and they were saying you know there's there's various metrics that we can see Leinster are so far ahead of the rest of Europe when in, in European competition against uh, similar standard opposition as opposed to the URC in terms of ruck speed and uh, you know just general creativity all the metrics you would look for to explain why we felt they were the best team in Europe and yet they didn't perform at that level in the final and obviously. Retrospectively, we went back and looked at the analysis and it turns out they weren't allowed to because La Rochelle had a very good game plan around making sure that Leinster had to commit an extra man to the Rook and so that slow, that had this ripple on impact across their ability to create space out wide and it all makes perfect sense. It was a, a brilliant game plan executed very well by um, by La Rochelle but there was also the other thing was that Leinster took points and kept the scoreboard ticking over which is kind of un-Leinster-like when you look at their performance over the season. So if if Leinster are, are doing what New Zealand did when they lost the O three Three World Cup, which I suspect they will do, there'll be a long kind of why why are we not getting over the line when when you know we think we're the best team in Europe and a lot of the metrics are pointing that way. What's the gap between them achieving what they think they should achieve and uh, and the performance that they put in in the final? What what's the bit that gets them over the line the next time?
1: Well, I'll pick that apart. Look, I've got to disagree with everyone. Lara Schell were absolute rubbish up to the 64th minute mark, with the exception of Raymond Rule's try, which was quite excellent. But they were poor. Do you remember how many passes they dropped? How many poor penalties they gave away? Like the scrum penalties, more penalties, which were offside. They were very ill disciplined. And if they had a loss, which they should have, if we go back and they should have, Ronan would have copped. Huge criticism, and Lara would have coped huge criticism. Everyone says it's a brilliant game plan. Well, wow. look, I don't think it was. I think Leinster stuffed up, and I, would, I would, and now here's the other part. Every time Johnny got a shot at goal, what's your, my gut instinct of watching 50 years of rugby and being involved at the top end? Take the points. It's a final. Take the points. Take the points. What they couldn't do. And what La Rochelle did do well was disrupt the flow of the game. Leinster couldn't get rucks going. They couldn't get pace going. And it's the pace on the game that they do well. When La Rochelle got Sinbin, that game was over. Leinster were going to win that game. And then these tiny margins come into play. What was one of them? It was bloody hot there. I hadn't factored that in, i got to say. Uh, Joe Malloy said to me, oh, well, a wet day might throw Leinster out. I said, mate, south of France – Late May, it's not going to be a wet day in Marseille. And then I went, mm, it might be hot. I was on the sideline, man. I was saturated with sweat. It was really, really hot. That was hard. And that came into play late in the game. Second part, referee Barnes let La Rochelle get away with blue murder at the breakdown. There should have been Sting Bins much, much earlier for La Rochelle. Bounce of the ball. If that ball doesn't, doesn't touch uh, Jimmy O'Brien's Shorts as it's bouncing over the touching goal line. It's a scrum 50 metres downfield. Leinster put in. Instead, it's a out and subsequently a line dropout and subsequently Lara shell score. The margins are just so fine. And I will say this Leinster didn't play well and I think there was pressure on themselves. I know, that's just, that's like New Zealand. Um, as you said, uh, Brad Thorne, I've heard him tell the story of post. Uh, winning the World Cup the seconds after they walked into the change room, and he just laid down on the floor and started crying. Now, this is Brad Thorne. This is one of the greatest rugby and rugby league players uh, the world's seen since the Second World War, and he was just saying it was pressure getting away. That They were, thank God, that they got rid of it. And unfortunately, through a whole series of, of events, Leinster are now in that position where everyone's questioning them, everyone's saying, what they can, you know. If you don't know, if you you guys might remember, but when when Australia beat New Zealand in the uh, uh, semi-final of the 2003 World Cup with about a minute to go, George Griggin looks at Byron Kelleher and says, "Four more years, Byron. Four more years." <laughs> Just mounting the pressure back on the four more years. You got to carry that burden. Leicester only have 12 months with the Aviva at home. It is not. It is not like one massive thing. We, we watch sport over so many you, – you guys more than me. Like I, I watch rugby. You guys watch everything. How many times have we seen a final where a team has dominated and they lose the final? We've seen it in World Cups. We've seen it in FA Cups. We've seen it we, – we, we see it every single competition. Not every year, but regularly we see it. And that was just that day. It was Lara Shill's day. Nothing was going to stop that. The rugby gods had it there. And um, good luck to run, but I, I – I saw Leinster players um, and coaches as devastated as I've ever seen a rugby player or rugby coach. They were, they were more than than heartbroken. It was beyond that. There was a grief, and the fact that they found a way mentally to gather themselves and put in that performance mm-hmm. last, you know, I just I just can't speak highly enough of 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 that performance. And I know I know Glasgow were, were poor. And let's forget the 70 let's just forget the ability to come out and win and win well that's probably all settled down now they're back on track and uh, I expect them to play particularly well again this weekend uh,
0: Are they going to win this weekend? It's a home game against a South African team who've had to travel a good South African team who uh, are definitely not going to be beaten at the gate so this is going to be one that will be in the melting pot hopefully from a neutral's perspective and from a Lensa fans perspective you want to see like them win some close games?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think the, the South Africans at the beginning of the season, I, I was very disappointed with. Um, a lot of us who have been involved with super rugby thought they'd come up and really show some good form to play great rugby, and they didn't. You remember they came through uh, Ireland um, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season and lost every game. So I was quite shocked at that, but I think the Africans have adjusted. It's a different style of rugby, very different referee, very different to super rugby. They've also got on top of the travel. Travel is so hard. I can't stress to you and your listeners how hard it is to pick your bag up from your house and 18 hours later get in your hotel. And then maybe five, six days later, depending on when you can get the flight and when the game is, you've got to perform again. Pick your bag up, do the 18 hours back, and do it again. Like that is is monumentally difficult. And the Africans have come to grips with that. Obviously, their sports scientists have figured out ways to minimise the fatigue and how they train and what they do and what their preparation is. And I think that their players have also adjusted to the pace and what the the game is. And and they'll be much, much stronger opposition um, than they were at the beginning of this season. Jake White's a fantastic coach, a great psychologist, and uh, I expect them to not try and play like Leinster. They'll play like the South Africans do, which is a lot of power, a lot of a lot of line speed in D, and a lot of aggression. And I think it'll be a much, much closer game.
0: And it's flipped the other way around then for Ulster against Stormers. So they're the ones that are going to have to make the trip and obviously factor in all of that travel. And I'm sure it does have an impact on how they play.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, look, if, if I had to make a, a crystal ball prediction, which after... The, after the Heineken Cup final, I'm very reluctant to do because I thought Leinster were going to win that going away. Um, you'd have to say that Leinster, that the home teams are favourite. the Stormers and Leinster are favourites. Not, it's not beyond Ulster. I think Ulster are playing great rugby and they showed that last week at home. They're a different boost at home, but they've been very strong on the road at times as well this year. Ulster, and they've got a good team, um Obviously, no Michael Lowry, which is a, a blow to them. That's, mm-hmm. That wasn't from last week. They're, they're pretty much intact from last week. So I, I think that'll, they'll do a close game. It's also they've got a plus. It's not at altitude. It's different when you go to Pretoria or Joburg, which is up about 5,000 metres, and that's, that's a huge, huge difference to being at sea level at Cape Town or Natal. So I think they have a little bit of an advantage there. I think they, they can win. I think they've got a lot better chance than the Bulls. But I, I I'd still think the Stormers, with the travel, um, may have the advantage on that one, which is a shame because I, I'd like to see Ulster reach it. It would be a great, uh, great reward for them. All
0: right. Matt, we'll leave it there. Good stuff as ever. Thanks a million. Pleasure now. OTB
1: AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow
0: with the new Gillette Labs razor with exfoliating bar.